I want to welcome everybody to Church at Home. I pray uh, that you've already experienced the presence of God uh, through our worship. And as you're gathering your family or wherever you're watching this, I want to encourage you to just get distractions out of the way. And uh, just for the next couple minutes, just begin to lean in and uh, really receive uh, from what God has for you right now. We would love this message to reach as many people as possible. So the one way that you can help us do that is just take this message and share it. And uh, don't have church at home to yourself. Share it with somebody and uh, get the word out. Uh, If I haven't met you before, I'm Pastor Dustin. I'm the lead pastor here uh, at Church 1132. And uh, we're honored to be able to take a couple minutes and share and open up God's word with you right where you're at. I want to jump in uh, to this and I want you to go uh, in your Bibles. We'll have it on the screen as well in Acts chapter 27, verse 22. And I'm going to read in the message translation. It's a paraphrase translation. It says this in verse... Actually, starting in verse 21, it says, With our appetite for both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in our midst and said, Friends, you really should have listened to me back in Crete. We could have avoided all this trouble and trial, but there's no need to dwell on that now. From now on, things are looking up. Maybe you just like really just write that on your mirror, put that on the background of your phone, just to remember, things, things are looking up. He says, thanks. Now, if you know the situation, they're actually about to be shipwrecked. And so Paul just decided to to encourage them. He says, you should have listened to me the first time. But since you didn't, things are looking up. He says, I can assure you that there'll not be a single drowning among us. Although I can't say as much for the ship. The ship itself is doomed. I want to talk to you for a couple minutes from this subject. Really simple. Coming out of Christmas. Cheer cheer up. Cheer up. I don't know if Christmas was good for you or bad for you, uh, but on the heels of that, we want to speak to this topic. Cheer up. If you study your Bibles, Jesus uses this phrase over and over again in the New Testament. It's carried on throughout the rest of the book. We see it over 20 times in your Bible, the words, cheer up. Cheer up. In, in this passage of scripture, Paul is, he is actually imprisoned on the ship and uh, they're about to encounter a shipwreck and uh, it's, it's happening. They're in the midst of a storm and, uh, and Paul, he says this, he says, guys, you should have listened to me. Because he'd already told them in previous verses, he said, man, this is not, this is not good. We shouldn't be sailing into this. And he says, you should have listened to me before, before this. And I was thinking about this, that, that for many of us, and I don't know how you're ending your year, but for many of us, we have regrets. Regrets about what we should have done, could have done. Uh, regrets about things that we wanted to accomplish or New Year's resolutions we set last year that didn't last the whole year. Regrets, but everybody, everybody has regrets. I was thinking about this. Have you ever done something that you wish you could have redone? Have you ever regretted a decision you did make or maybe one that you didn't make? Have you ever not taken someone's advice only to find out they were right? This is Paul. He's saying, you should have taken my advice. By the way, I was right. He's letting them know, because Paul, we know, was not the most uh, gentle communicator. He's making sure they knew, hey, I already told you, and you didn't listen. He said, but there's no need to dwell on that now. I'm going to tell you, if you're just logging in and you're, you're, you're watching this, you could just catch this. We all have regrets, but there's no need to dwell on that now. 
You, you are going to have ups and downs in your life journey. And I'm just going to tell you, as long as you dwell on yesterday, it will continually keep you and pull you back from your tomorrow. We know God's the God of yesterday, today, and forever. And it's best for us to leave our mistakes and leave our past in yesterday and to encounter the God of today and to step into the promise of tomorrow. Philippians chapter 3, Paul writes this as well, verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, I'm going to tell you this next season, this is going to be crucial to your success, having singular focus. This one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Whether this has been a good year or a bad year, it's time to forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. Whether you had a good high school season, college season, or you had a bad one, it's time to leave it in the past and move on to the future. You know, the Bible says this, that we go from glory to glory. They go from strength to strength. That, that means God has something better for you in the future than what you've had in the past. Maybe you're older and you're watching this and you feel like your best seasons or your best uh, chapters of your life are behind you. I just want to declare to you that the best seasons of your life are still to come. They're still about to, God is a God of continuing progress. He still has more for us. It says in that for next Passage of scripture, it says, for from now on, things are looking up. And this is where I want to really focus our attention because another translation, Paul says, New King James Version, he says, cheer up. He says, they're about to have a shipwreck. He says, cheer up. He says, the ship might go down, but you're going to be all right. For many of us, we look at it as like, oh yeah, that's great. They're going to be saved. But I'm going to tell you this. There's some value in this for our own lives because I believe for many of us, the reason that we miss joy is because we focus on the wrong things. If, if, if they were focused on just getting to their destination safely, then Paul just ruined all of their hope and all of their faith in that, in that happening. He says, the ship is going down. He says, but you're going to be all right. Which tells me that in order for things to look up, in order for me to cheer up, in order for there to be the true joy of God in my life and in my heart, it's not really about the destination maybe that I have in my mind. And for many of us, it's if we could just have no problems, if we could just have no stress, if the stock market could just be consistent, if crypto would just take off like they said it would. It, it, it's, 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 it's our own expectation that we put on our future and our life. And when that doesn't happen, for many of us, it robs us of our joy. I would propose this to you that many of our, much of our stress, much of our anxiety is some expectation that was not met. We put an expectation on God, or we put an expectation on people, or we put an expectation on church, or we put an expectation on the government, or we put, and the stress that we feel is the, bro the brokenness of an expectation that we've had. Over 20 times, you heard me say this, over 20 times in the Bible, the words cheer up, or take heart, or cheer is, is, is mentioned in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 9, the paralyzed man was brought to Jesus, and Jesus says, cheer up. He he's paralyzed. He comes to Jesus says, cheer up. Matthew chapter 9, verse 22, the woman with the issue of blood makes her way through the crowd. Jesus says, cheer up. In Matthew chapter 14, the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, and they were afraid. And Jesus says, cheer up. 
It's me. Cheer up. John, in, in Acts chapter 23, people are trying to kill Paul. And, and, and God stands next to him. He says, cheer up. He says, cheer up, Paul, for as you have testified about me at Jerusalem, so you must also testify me in, about me in Rome. This is what God's saying. He's saying, your story's not done. I know it didn't end like you thought. I know it didn't unravel or unwrap like you thought it would. But I'm here to tell you that you can cheer up because when God is involved in something, it's going to be good. But for many of us, it's different than what we expected. And really, this is the caution to all of us as you're watching in your homes and around the world is that you got to be careful not to put a destination or an expectation on God that he never put on himself. If you're going to take heart, if you're going to have joy in this season, if you're going to be able to cheer up in the middle of life's difficulties, you have to stop obsessing about the finish line and begin to look at the steps that God's revealed for today and say, God, no no matter what comes tomorrow, I'm going to put my hope, my trust, my faith in you. Come on, John 16, verse 33, Jesus is speaking and he says, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In who? In him, in Jesus, we can have peace. In the world, outside of him, you will have tribulation. That's that's not very encouraging. It says, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Or in other words, cheer up. This is what Jesus said. If you look at it in in one of the translations, it actually says, cheer up, I've overcome the world. In in this world, you will have trouble. This is what the passage of scripture says. It says that peace is found in Jesus. We said this a lot, that peace is not the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. If you're just looking for a time to be happy when you don't have anything that makes you sad, you are in for a disappointment. Peace is not found in the absence of problems, in the absence of stress. Peace is found in the presence of God. Well, I was growing up, uh, we studied uh, in history, we were studying in the World War II, and we learned about Corey Tinboom. I don't know if you ever heard about Corey Tinboom. Tinboom, she was an amazing woman who their family, which nice last name, Tinbooms, you know, I, I don't know, Mr. Tinboom. Anyways, uh, they, they, they would hide Jews from the German invasion of World War II in their home. And so when they were, Germans were looking to seek uh, out and to kill the Jewish people, they would hide them. They actually built in their home uh, a secret room. And uh, they would have code words and all these things, and they would hide the Jews in this room. Well, it came to, be, came to fi- get found out that they were doing this, and they were arrested. And Corey and her sister, her family, they went to some of the most awful concentration camps in Germany. I mean, just incredible terrible things that were done to them. And if you study the life of Corey Tim Boom, you get all of these writings and all of these quotes. And she has all of these quotes that people quote all the time. But you know what? It's, it's so interesting. It's always about finding peace or having joy or being centered or being surrendered. She's in the most awful situation. I mean, we have bad things that happen in our life, but what she was in would make our worst day look like a very good day. And she's in the midst of this, and yet in the midst of some of the worst concentration camps in known history, she is finding joy. And she wrote this. She said, worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. 
It's carrying two days at once. It is moving into tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. Worry doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. How did she, in some of the most awful circumstances, be centered in God and have joy? For many of us, we would say we wouldn't have joy. We'd be depressed. We'd be on meds. Man, we'd need counseling, all of this. And yet, for some reason, she had this, this inner peace, this inner joy. In, in some situations, she was actually beat because she would have this smile on her face. In a concentration camp, being abused, being beaten, and yet for some reason, she has a smile on her face. We don't even know what that kind of joy is. That's next level joy. That is not the, the joy in the outward circumstances. That is an inner joy that no matter what happens to me, I'm grounded and centered in that place. I was thinking about this. What are some keys to cheering up? And um, you're watching this, you've survived Christmas, and so you probably have presents all around you, and the, the house is still trashed. But I, I want to give you some practical things that might help you cheer up. And we already talked about this a little bit, but li- listen to this, pursuing the right goal. If you're going to cheer up, if you're going to have joy in this season, you got to pursue the right thing. If, 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 like we talked about, if you only pursue the absence of problems, you will consistently be disappointed. Peace is not a place. Peace is not a perfect situation. Peace is a person. And if your goal is not him, if you don't pull joy, if you don't pull peace from Jesus, many of you are thinking, why do I not have peace right now? And I have everything going for me. We had an awesome Christmas. We have everything that life could offer. Why don't I have peace? Because peace is not things. Peace is not perfect scenarios or circumstances. Peace is a person, and his name is Jesus. Having no problems is the wrong goal. The right goal is trust and obedience in the person, Jesus. i got to pursue the right goal. If I'm going to cheer up, I've got to trust the process. I I don't know if you're like me, but I I can get distracted in the process. Because I, I'm a strong starter. I'll get fired up and here we go. And then in the, somewhere in the middle, when you're not sure if it's going to happen or not, I just get frustrated. I either want to move on to the next thing and try that one, or I just get weary in the middle. And I'm just going to let you know, if you're going to cheer up, if you're going to have peace and joy that lasts, that's outside of out, outward circumstances, you have to have an inward trust that God, you're good, we talk about the character and the nature of God, that God, you're, you're good enough and you're big enough to get me through. That although it's not happening the way I planned, I can trust your nature. I can trust your character, that you're good and that you're big. I'm going to trust the process. You know, if you trust the process, you can have joy in the process. I, I had a situation come up even this week and uh, I was, I was uh, going through my day and I got bad news. And uh, anybody ever got bad news? And I got bad news. And you, when you get bad news, you're confronted with the choice. What are you going to do with the bad news? Me getting mad isn't going to change the news. And, and I, I had to have a little talk with myself because I wanted to get mad and I wanted to be angry. And uh, I had to have like a little pep talk with myself and say, Dustin, you got to cheer up. You, gotta cheer. you have to trust 
the process. God already said what he was going to do. So even though this looks like a setback, even though this looks like a, I've taken a wrong turn, even though this looks like it's not going to turn out how I want it, I've got to, I've got to, this is what David did, I've got to strengthen myself in the Lord. And even though the circumstance didn't change, I can change my own perspective of it. And when I trust the process, I can have joy. I can have joy in the process. Now, this is a really practical one. You're going to think it's probably silly, but I think it might help you. Smile on the journey. Okay, I've been actually trying this. Okay, this is cheesy, but I've actually been trying this. When I've been upset, I've been making myself smile. I know this, some of you are like, I thought this was going to be a super spiritual word. I got that for you. It's coming. But I'm going to give you something practical too because we believe what's practical needs to be spiritual, what's spiritual needs to be practical. If you're going to have joy, sometimes you've got to lead your heart with your face. <laughs> believe it or not. So everybody, we're in the middle of this. Everybody just, it's smile break. Everybody smile. Ready? Smile. Ready? At home, smile. Come on, in the room, smile, smile. It, it kind of, I got to smile. It's hard to talk and... <laughs> It's hard to talk and smile. I want you to try this. I'm not even joking you. It'll do something to you. What you're doing is you're choosing self-leadership. You can control if you frown or if you smile. So by just smiling, so I'm going to pursue the right goal. I'm going to trust the process, but I'm actually going to, I'm going to smile on the journey. Many people, they're just so focused on the destination that they, they waste the journey. But the journey, some of the most powerful, some of those monumental, some of the most shaping moments of your life. If you waste the journey, you are going to get to the destination and you are going to look back with regret because of all the things that you could have learned, could have done, and the people you could have impacted along the way. God's a journey God. God's not a destination God. God is all about the process. He's all about the journey as we pursue him. Luke chapter 2, we just got through Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 9. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of uh, counterintuitive. The angel of the Lord shows up, and they're afraid. He says, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Now, maybe a smile on your face will work, but usually when I'm afraid, someone telling me don't be afraid doesn't work. <laughs> they're, they're terrified. The angel says, well, don't be afraid. Like that didn't help at all. He says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Good news that will cause great joy for all people. This is powerful. I, I bring you good news that will, that, that, that will cause great joy for all. How many people? All. all people. That's probably a lot of different circumstances enveloped in, enveloped in all. It's probably a lot of different ups and downs that are included in all. So it says the same good news brings the same peace and produces the same joy, independent of your situation. Which tells me that the situation doesn't bring me peace. The situation doesn't bring me joy. It's an inward peace. So Jesus, the angel Lord said, Jesus is coming and it's good news. And that good news is going to bring peace to you and it's going to produce joy in you and it's for everybody. So for the person that's disqualifying themselves right now saying, well, not for me, you don't know the year I've had, you're included in all people. For the person that says, well, what about me? I don't even care. I don't care about God. I don't care about church. You are included in all, all people. This is good news 
that will cause great joy for all people. It says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The scripture is giving us a clue on what the secret of life is, the secret of peace, the secret of contentment. Maybe you're watching this and you're far from God. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus into your life, into your heart. This is the answer. It says that the good news was that Jesus was coming, that we would have a savior for our souls, that we would have forgiveness for, the good news is Jesus, which means joy is not just an emotion, it's a person. Peace is not just an emotion, it's a person. All these things that our world and culture are looking for and seeking after are found in one place, or should I say person, and his name is Jesus. Psalm 31 in the message, verse 24, I love this. It says, be brave, be strong, take courage, be brave, be strong. It says, don't give up. If you look up be brave and be strong, it actually means to take courage, which another, another translation actually means to cheer up. Be strong, be brave, take courage, actually all put together means cheer up. Oftentimes the reason you're not cheery are because we're afraid of something or we feel like we're insufficient in an area. Be brave, be strong, be courageous. Really, it's cheer up, you got this. It says don't give up. Now listen to this, expect, expect God to get here soon. So this is, this is why I wanna spend the rest of our time on, on unpacking this. Psalm 31 verse 24, the first thing it says is be brave. Be strong, which those, again, together, it means cheer up. So just cheer up. Understand that you have an ally that's on your side that is greater than any opposition that you would face. I think sometimes we've lost our perspective of who God is and the power that he has. Because we have three bad days or two bad years, we think that it's robbed God of some power to break through in our life. Because we've encountered a setback or something didn't go the way that we wanted, we think that maybe, just possibly, God might have forsaken us on this time. Being strong and And being brave is actually understanding that God is strong and that God is brave. And because he is, I can cheer up. I can cheer up. I think we need joy in the people of God again. There's too much discouragement. There's too much depression. There's too much, there's too many people that are so downhearted and dreary. We got to cheer up. We serve a God of the impossible. We serve a God that is the promise keeper, the overcomer. We serve an El Shaddai God, a providing God, a conquering God, a God the same yesterday, today. That's our God. That, that should be enough for us to cheer up. Cheer up, it says, and this says, don't give up. You know, I think too many people just give up too soon. They give up on the process too soon. They, they tap out on the promise of God too soon because they've had some long days or some hard moments or some difficult years and they tap out thinking that God's not interested anymore or God's not strong enough anymore or now this, maybe that was just in my mind or that promise didn't really come from God. I just wanna encourage somebody to not give up, to have a stubborn commitment 
to the promise of God, a stubborn commitment to his presence, a stubborn commitment to the person of Jesus, a stubborn commitment. Don't give up. I feel like this is really important for somebody that's watching, for you just to hear someone tell you, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. No matter how far you feel from God, don't give up. No matter how bad your situation looks, don't give up. No matter how far the business has slipped, don't give up. No matter what's happening in the world around you, don't give up. I'm telling you, if you wait long enough, you're going to see the goodness of God. If you can endure long enough, you're going to see the goodness of God. If you can hold fast to the promise of God long enough, you're going to see the fulfillment of that promise. God is not a man that he should lie, the Bible says. Neither is his arm short that he cannot save. We serve a God who's well able to do what he needs to do. Don't give up. And I love this. It says, expect God to get here soon. Expect God. Now, I know for most of us, we are looking at the, the bills that have racked up over the holidays. And um, if you added up how much you spent on Amazon over the past two months, it's going to be really discouraging. But I know for me, when I buy something, I'm tracking it all the time. I'm tracking it. I want to know when it's going to get there. I want to get, I get the notification, you know, the doorbell or whatever. Someone's at the door. I'm looking. Who is it? Is it my package? Is it what I order? Because I'm expecting it to get there. I'm really expecting it when the notification says out for delivery, out for delivery. And then I'm checking all the time. Like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? You know what I found to be true is that for many believers over the last couple of years, we stopped checking the door. That we don't expect God. We, we dread the future. We dread tomorrow. We dread what could happen. or We dread what's going to happen next. We dread what the news is going to say about our situation next. We dread what our spouse is going to do next. We dread what tomorrow holds. We dread the bills coming in the mail. We, we, we dread. And I'm just going to tell you that dread is not the emotion for the people of God. Dreading tomorrow, fearing tomorrow, the Bible says his perfect love casts out all fear that you you don't have to fear. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to dread tomorrow. You don't have to dread what's going to happen next. You don't have to dread the bad news that might show up. In fact, the opposite is true. The posture of the believer is to check the door and expect God to show up. Come on, this is what I want to challenge you. On the brink of a brand new year is that you would expect God. Come on, even in the room, even wherever you're watching this, you would expect God to show up. I'm looking for him. Where is the miracle? Where is the answer? Where is the solution? Where is the peace? Where is the comfort? Where is the happiness? Where is the cheer? I'm looking for it. I'm expecting him. Are you expecting him? Are you expecting him to show up? Are you expecting good from your family? Or are you dreading what's going to happen next? Are you expecting good in 2022? Or are you dreading what's going to happen next? I've talked to hundreds, maybe thousands of people over the last couple of years. So many people afraid. Afraid of a pandemic. Afraid of our government. Afraid of mistakes. Afraid of failures. Afraid I'm going to slip back into old patterns. Afraid that my love for God's not going to stick. People just riddled with fear. Fear that someone's going to break my trust. Fear that someone's going to stab me in the back. Fear, fear, fear. Scripture in Psalm 31 says to expect God 
to show up. And I love this. He says, soon. Expect God. This is our prayer for you today as you watch this, is that your dread would turn to excitement. That your dread would turn to expectation. That we would expect. Man, 2022, don't be afraid of it. Welcome it in. Come on, 2022. It's going to be the best year of your life. We just declare that. We prophesy over your house. It's going to be the best year of your life. We prophesy over your family. It's going to be the best year of your life. We prophesy over your business. It's going to be the best year of your life. We prophesy the goodness of God. The good, the joy. Cheer up. You can expect him to show up soon. Psalm 27, verse 1, says this. says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is, what is? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Why, why can I not be afraid? Not because no bad things are happening in my life. I don't have to be afraid. Because he is, he, he, he is. Everything we're talking about, it goes back to him. It goes back to him. Joy comes from him. Peace comes from him. Healing comes from him. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? There is no place in the life of a believer for fear. There is no place in your life for fear. There is no place in your mind, in your thinking, in your personality for fear. I'm telling you, we're the people of God. And God sees you. And God loves you. And God has a plan for you. And I would just propose this to you, that you can actually cheer up. Because the answer, the answer is on its way. And I'm going to tell you this, even if the answer never showed up, you could still have joy. Because the joy is not in the answer. And the joy is not in the package. The joy is in the person, Jesus. As we close, and I know many of you are watching, and, and I appreciate you just taking the time to hear this. And sorry to be shouting in your living room or your car or wherever. But I feel this so strong is that in 2022, you're coming back stronger. That everything that the enemy tried to steal from you and take from you and all of the thoughts that tried to come into your head and persuade you that you weren't good enough or that God wasn't faithful, I'm telling you that in 2022, we're going to see those things wiped out by the goodness of God and that you can expect him to show up soon. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? There's a blessing in the book of Numbers and I use this blessing a lot at weddings, pray over people, and the message translation is really beautiful. But I want to speak it over you, and I want to speak it over your next year. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 in the message, it says, May God bless you. May he keep you. May God smile on you and gift you. May God look you full in the face and make you prosper. I was praying this week. And I felt like the Lord told me, and I, I've told a couple people this already. I felt like the Lord told me this. He's lifting our countenance. I believe this is for people in the room right now. This is people watching all over the world. That God's just lifting, lifting our. I know my son, uh, my youngest son, Genesis, sometimes if he gets down on hard on himself, you see the chin drop. It's like if he's playing a game, you know. It's like he goes from up and alert to it drops. And I'm always, I'm always pick up your head. Pick up, your, pick up your countenance. Pick up your, you know, for, as believers, we shouldn't hang our heads. 
I'm telling you, as the people of God, there's nothing to hang our head over. I know it's been tough. It's been difficult. We've went through things, but I feel like God's just kind of gently picking up our head. Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Isaiah 60, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises on you. I'm telling you, this is a year for us to lift our countenance. This is, if I could say it as cheesy as it sounds, prophetically to you. Cheer up. Cheer up. This is what I want to do. I want to pray for everybody. If you're in your homes, I'd ask you just to just stay tuned for just a couple more minutes because I want to pray for you. And I believe even as we pray right now, that the presence of God is going to fill your home. The presence of God is going to fill your car. Wherever you're watching this, whether you're watching it alone, or you're watching it with family, I believe God's going to speak to you right now. I'm praying for the joy of the Lord to fill your life. Some of you have lost your joy. You've lost that, that happiness that you used to have. I'm telling you, you're going to have a reason to smile again. And you can expect God to show up soon. So I want to pray for you. And so I'm going to ask just wherever you're watching this that you would just try to have just a moment of prayer and, uh, and, and just meditation before the Lord. So Lord, we invite your presence. Lord, wherever this is being viewed right now, we ask that you would show up. Lord, I ask that you would lift the countenance of your people. Lord, we speak a blessing over each and every one of them. Lord, we ask in the name of your son, Jesus, Lord, that we would not look outside of you to try to find peace or contentment, but we would recognize that everything we're looking for is found in you. Just in this moment of prayer in the room, wherever you're watching, I want to just speak straight to you. and Maybe you're far from God. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Some of the things I'm even talking about are foreign to you. Maybe you're watching with your family. and You're hearing them respond or seeing them respond. You don't know what they're talking about. I, I want to speak straight to you. And I want to tell you that you have a God who loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cruel cross. Not to make you feel bad, but to cover your sin and to cover your shame. God's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And everything that you're looking for and seeking outside of him actually is found in him. And so I want to give you an opportunity to just say yes to Jesus. And we've made it really simple. I'm going to pray a prayer and you can just repeat right where you are, wherever you're watching. We're going to repeat it in the room here. And if you mean this in your heart, I just want you to repeat this prayer. You're saying, I'm giving my life to Jesus. I'm tired of doing it my own way. I'm tired of pursuing these things in my own methods and ways. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want to give you opportunity to do that right now. And I want to ask you just to repeat after me. Can we just all say, dear Jesus? Come on, if you mean this in your heart, just say, dear Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God, that you gave your life for me and rose from the dead. Today, I make you the Lord of my life. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me a fresh start. Lord, I pray right now for every person that just prayed that prayer, that they would sense your love, that they would sense your grace. I pray for people that have been hurt by the church. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that healing would flood their soul. Lord, I pray right now for parents, Lord, who have bitterness in their hearts towards their children. I pray that you would heal them right now. Lord, I pray for parents or for children, Lord, who have had anger and resentment towards their parents. I pray right now that it would dissipate and healing would come in the name of Jesus. I actually pray right now for people with 
physical conditions. Lord, that it's been hard to have joy in this season because of physical pain. I ask for healing right now in the name of Jesus. I pray for the gentleman that's watching this from his hospital bed. I pray right now that the presence of God would flood his room. I pray in the name of Jesus that healing, Lord, would course through his veins. Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, that his body would be made whole now. Lord, I pray for someone that's watching that has been struggling with depression. Lord, it's been a dark hole and it's felt for them like they didn't know if they can get out of it or how to get out of it. They tried to manage the best that they can. I pray right now, Lord, not by the situation changing, but I pray by getting a glimpse of who you are, that joy would fill their heart right now in the name of Jesus. Joy, peace, comfort, healing. Lord, it's not found in a method. It's not found in a pattern. It's found in a person. So Lord, even as we close, Lord, from Jamie and I and our family, we speak a blessing to our church over their lives, Lord, that in this season, as they've had an incredible Christmas time, as we're looking forward to a brand new year, that we would not dread what tomorrow will hold. But on the flip side, Lord, we will have great expectation to what you're about to do. Lord, help us cheer up in the name of Jesus. Amen.